This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to Liesl Maurice. Good afternoon, Ted. It's always wonderful to chat to you. You attended the Eastern Cape's uh, Development Corporation's symposium and exhibition last week. In fact, you chaired one of the discussion groups, which was basically the roadblock to various sectors. Overall, were you impressed, or more accurately, do you think your members were impressed? Absolutely. I think um, it was a very well put together event, first of all. Uh, You know, I would have liked to see more local support the event. It would have been nice to see a lot of traffic there, but also maybe a lot more exhibitors, you know, um, from around local local exhibitors but yes it was a fantastically put uh, together event it was lovely to meet all the foreign um, countries that came you know the foreign commission so it was really a overall a well put together event and i can see future collaborations and partnerships happening well you are the queen of collaboration so <laughs> you should know about that mm. okay um there were many promises there was backing for a lot of them If these promises were all met, what sort of significant differences do you think it might make to your members? You know, first of all, um, any uh, activity, economic activity, boosts, uh, means more revenue into an area. More revenue means more profit, means more employment opportunities for people. You know, so it's always uh, uh, great to have that uh, kind of exposure. Also, it means exposure for their businesses, not only for the local market, but also for the uh, continental market. You know, especially with the uh, Africa free trade area that has really opened up opportunities for our local market to export uh, or, or have a larger footprint even on the African continent. Any areas that you felt where your members' sectors had been perhaps ignored is too strong a word, perhaps they could have been beefed up a little bit? Definitely. I think there's an enormous opportunity, particularly because the Eastern Cape is such an, um, I mean, it's it's sort of earmarked as the agricultural hub. And even Transnet within their national strategy has now earmarked this particular harbour as the the agri-harbour, where a lot of exports will go, agricultural exports in particular, uh, will go. And uh, some of the sectors that really where I saw great opportunity was aquaculture. Uh, aquaculture is really still a foreign foreign concept to a lot of people. I mean, we, we've been doing sheep farming for many years, cattle, we've got the most We've got the most uh, uh, organized farms between East London and, and Port Elizabeth. I'm always so impressed when I drive past, particularly when I get to Alexandria and I pass and I look at the farms, most beautiful farms. And you can see, you know, when you look at the farm, even the cattle seem happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's really such a, a, such a great uh, thing to see. But aquaculture, you don't see a lot of that. Um, wool and moe, I still see we, we have a great opportunity there. But what I think we need to also do is to see how we can get more women farmers, see how we can get more young people into that um, 
that sector because or into that industry in uh, agriculture in particular and see how we get experienced commercial farmers to mentor these up and young coming uh, uh, young farmers as well across racial lines you know across racial lines you don't find the young people coming through in those uh, farming sectors anymore there's certainly a couple of embryonic uh, enterprises that are trying that but I, I would agree with you 100%. If we could get young people back on the land mm -hmm. and create ownership of the land that they're on rather than it being owned by the tribes and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Is it, is it, sort of, is it an area that perhaps Bordecai could get involved in? Yes, I was actually contemplating or thinking about that today, but how do we craft a, an effective mentorship program? You know, where, where we get our young people to, to not only work the land, but own the land. And, and somehow there needs to be a program crafted for that. Maybe, you know, it needs some minds to be put together, the development minds, but also the, the, those entrepreneurial minds or the strategists to really put something together that can benefit our young people and thereby create employment as well. I, we need to see how we make young people fall in love with the land. You know, to see it, to see the, 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 the vegetables grow, the, you know, that kind of thing. We need to really work on that. Perhaps it, this is a good time to then introduce the comments that were made in an out of uh, conference session that I had with the executives and that was that we seem to be ignoring the Pondalayam hemp and mm. cannabis farmers. Mm. We have promises all over the place and then you look in other provinces and this one's established license, this one's established a commercial venture around it. Mm. Mm. Are, are we not selling these people short, the people that have developed land race products which have gone on for centuries? Mm. You know, that is definitely an area that needs focus as well, particularly because I heard that the whole U.S. Army's uh, uniform is made from hemp material. That and motor cars and houses, hemp is just the most yes. unbelievable you know, so, so, But I think they have to work on legislation. First of all, they have to make the licensing uh, uh, cheaper or more favorable for people to enter that market, you know, and to, you know, they recently launched the Friends of Hemp. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if it was in Durban or in Cape Town, but Friends of Hemp, so on cannabis. So, so they really, uh, it seems to be getting a lot of focus, but somehow they need to work on the legislation of it. Because to a certain extent, some of it, I don't know if it's the, the addictive portion of it that's still illegal, you know, it's, it can be uh, for medicinal purposes, but somehow there needs to be a more breakthrough in the area of legislation. The discussion that I had with the executives who can control this was that the downstream aspect of cannabis is where the real bucks lie. Mm. And your comment on legislation is exactly right because we can beneficiate the hemp, mm -hmm. the cannabis, yeah. but unless we get good regulation, mm. but quick regulation, mm. Mm. it's not going to fly. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and how to then scale that? Because I think we need to, to really mass produce or mass plant. And then because to, for it to be really profitable, you know, it has to be um, properly thought through, properly worked through um, to benefit the communities. Most certainly. Yes, the people that have been farming it, perhaps illegally for such a long time, Absolutely. they need to benefit from this yeah, now, yeah. and they're not. As it's been regulated, people can grow so many plants in their own home. Yeah, the yeah. demand has dropped off significantly. Mm. The other aspect that we spoke about before we started this pod was meat imports. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, we shouldn't be importing meat. Eh? You know what I found fascinating? So we had a networking event. We had a networking event at uh, Grazia the night of um, the night of the, the one of the nights, the first yeah, night first of the night, expo. Yes. And uh, what I found very fascinating was that so so all the different people, the the foreign foreign uh, foreigners that came to the uh, to the expo. Uh, commented about what lovely food we have. So they said their comments were, and the meat is so nice and soft. So South Africa really produces good quality meat. They raved about East London. They say they love this place. And yet we as the inhabitants look at it, we're so used to criticizing our own country or our own city. They absolutely loved it and particularly the food. And I think that is why even we are a big exporter to the UAE because of the fact that they love our meat. Yeah. So we can do more. The opportunity is there for us to do more because meat products in particular are amongst the 15 top imported products. We shouldn't be importing meat. Yes, I'm sure there are a lot of, a lot of people that would agree with that sentiment of yours. Yeah. Anything that you uh, found uh, became a discussion point from the segment that you controlled? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, we had uh, wool and mohair. We had a presentation. Uh, wool and mohair. And some of our the foreign uh, gentlemen that came or the foreign investors that came, particularly to the expo, I think they came with the intent of trading. They genuinely want to trade. And there was one gentleman that stood up and said, hello, my name is so-and-so at the networking event, and I want to go home with cattle. I want to go home with goats, the, particularly the Angora goats for the mohair. I want any named, because he wants to, he says they, they want to start trading in these products. There were a very impressive list of foreign dignitaries, were they not? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had the High Commission of Topo here, uh, based in Pretoria, and they had um, uh, the High Commission of, I think it's Uganda, as well here. You know, so we had a lot of, we had about eight different countries, Ethiopia, uh, Lesotho, um, what is the other one? Kenya. Kenya yes. brought a delegation of 10. Yeah. In fact, I'm meeting Kenya here this afternoon because they want to see how we can... Um, start the, the conversation of probably having an exchange program to see what products they can bring here or what products we can export to them. But uh, yeah, so that's happening here this afternoon.
There, I think to say there was a paucity of local business people there is probably an understatement. It, the auditorium was perhaps 20% full. And in yes. fact, MEC and Vokov said that when they have an ANC conference, it's packed. Mm. But then mm. he did add that mm. politics is not business. No, absolutely. What they, uh, what the ECDC is apparently aiming for next year is to broaden the scope of the symposium, take it away from small and medium and micro-sized enterprises and give it open to everybody. Yes. And they spoke about having a sports field full of exhibitions. Yeah. Which I would think would benefit the BC. BK, should I say? What, what are your thoughts about that? No, absolutely. I think what also, uh, yes, definitely, uh, particularly in the automotive sector or even the suppliers of automotive components. Excuse me, because the Eastern Cape is big, a big automotive uh, uh, hub as well. So, but somehow they need to give or tell people as part of their workshops how does a young entrant gain entry into that market. Well, perhaps that's a good time to bring up what you're doing is to your um, project with 16 female entrepreneurs. That started, you've had your first uh, meeting, you've got nine to go, nine, 11 to go. Yes, we had our second workshop yesterday, our coaching session yesterday. How's it going? It's going fantastically well. Um, we've got a lovely group of women, the first cohort, and we're going to run a second cohort as well from November. Trade Forward Southern Africa is so impressed with the quality of women that we have, first of all, and how organized we are. So they've said to us, uh, in fact, the first day, because they also had a stand at the expo, they said to me, please, let's think about a second cohort before February, and we've got the budget for it. So just today I sent a message on one of our groups, please be looking for another intake of 16 ladies in particular. They're encouraging uh, women in particular because it's such a male, farming is very male dominated. Mm. So they want to um, get women more into that space, but particularly uh, aquaculture and uh, woolen mohair, those and nuts. You get a lot of women farming vegetables, etc., but not uh, uh, aquaculture. Those niche, those niche uh, products, you know. Yeah, there are a number of people who are starting right now farming macadamia nuts. The again, the real value in that would be to set up cracking plants and to start beneficiation. Absolutely, because we don't have a nut cracking facility here in the Eastern Cape, you know. So, so, and even so, so if more people enter that that uh, market, you know, produce nuts, we can. It will make uh, a more viable sense to have a nut cracking facility here, because at the moment the macadamia nuts go to Durban, and because they have a nut cracking facility there. Yeah. Mm. There were promises about the harbour. Uh, the executive mayor said that discussions were really fruitful with the authority at the harbour and that deepening, widening and a lot of restructuring were going to happen. 
and he ended his talk by saying that uh, the chamber must jealously guard the progress. Mm. But we haven't really seen progress, so no talk between you and I would end without a little touch of controversy. <laughs> what, what are you hoping to achieve? You know, so we had a meeting with Transnet after that article on the 29th of June. Um, they, you know, where we inquired what, what is exactly going to happen with the 4.3 billion rand. Give us timelines, etc. So subsequently, we've, we've actually received a lot of attention um, from a Transnet's uh, uh, superiors. And in fact, one of the Transnet gentlemen that was on the panel as well said we need to keep pushing because if we put pressure on them, they can they then justify to put pressure on their bosses. You know, so I think they're also quite keen to have the port developed. I'm happy that we now have a dedicated port manager. You know, it's always uh, it always uh, slows down development when there isn't structure in place. You know, so now at least we can. And they've hired their six personnel. But um, you know what I've learned, Ted? Private sector, so we decide and we do things quick. With government, it's a little bit more, we have to be patient. The, the, the wheels don't turn as fast as private mm -hmm. sector. I wish they did. And um, we have to exercise somewhat patience. I know we've waited, what, 50-odd years? Or 20-odd years, I don't know what the, you know, uh, for well, development. Yeah. It's been a long time. But I think they've shown us now, they've uh, they've walked, they've came, subsequent to that meeting with us, they came and they walked, Latimus Landing, I saw part of their presentation, waterfront development. They've done a few things. Um, in fact, I'm meeting even with the Boating Association this afternoon at Hoppers 3, because what they've done is then carried up rentals. So I'm not sure what the, the strategy is, and I'm not even sure if I should say it here. You know, so you're going to cut. No, we're going to leave it because that's <laughs> absolutely right. We, we need somebody to drive the strategy, keep people on track, and Border Car Chamber of Business is doing a wonderful job of it. Mm. Just to, to close, what was the most impressive aspect of that conference for you? Was there anything that just lit up a light for you? You know, Ted, I think the speakers, they had very good speakers. The content is great. The content was great. It gives you a perspective. I mean, to have the Citrus Growers Association there. You know, sometimes you didn't even know these associations existed. You know, so, so when you hear, then you, you can see, okay, that's where the opportunities are. Okay, this is what we need to do. You know, when you hear from experts in the field. So, so we definitely am excited. Um, we could have had more exhibitors there. Um, definitely, particularly local exhibitors. But as you said, that will change, you know, as, as things progress. Um, overall, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with the entire event. I'm happy with the people that came. You know, building relationships, I believe in building relationships. And that is key for progress because without relationship, we cannot have partnership. Without partnership, we cannot collaborate. And that's why I've, the number one thing that we need to do in this country, irrespective of our political affiliations, 
We need to put our political differences aside for the greater good of the community and see how we can come together, no matter UDA, INC, or whoever, you know what I mean? We need for the greater good of communities and societies to thrive. We have to put our political differences aside to work alongside each other. That's a lovely note on which to finish our discussion. Thank you for your time again. It's always good fun to talk to you and highly enlightening.